worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Let's go to the hotline right now and bring in the outstanding Browns beat reporter. He's been busy this week from 92.3 <laughs> The Fan, the Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at WriterWrongFan. He's Daryl Ryder. And Daryl, what was your reaction when you woke up to the news of Deshaun Watson not being able to play for the rest of this season, not due to an ankle injury, but to a new shoulder injury? Uh, I thought I was being punked. Uh-huh. I, I didn't believe it. Um, I was stunned. Um, but, yeah, I... I like double and triple and quadruple check um, because it was such a stunning turn of events in such a short amount of time. And, um, you know, so they're going to have to play the rest of the way without him. And, um, you know, it's all up to Dorian Thompson Robinson now um, to try and lead this team to the, the playoffs. But, I mean, it is weird. Nobody knows when he got hurt. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just kind of feel like if I suffered an injury like that, I would know specifically when I got hurt and how and all that type of stuff. But Deshaun doesn't know. The Browns don't know. So I guess it'll have to be one of life's great unsolved mysteries. Daryl, did he mention anything in the post? I mean, Celebratory post game, right? Thirty three, thirty one, comeback win. Did, was there any hint of this uh, post game from Deshaun Watson or even Kevin Stefanski? Uh, I mean, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I didn't get to go to Baltimore, so. Um, right. But um, you know, De- Deshaun uh, said yesterday when we visited with him that um, you know they. Uh, didn't really find out what was going on until uh, they did the, the further testing. Right. Um, you know, he here's the thing. He wasn't going to play regardless of the shoulder injury this week. Because um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson told us today in the locker room that the Browns spoke to him on Tuesday uh, about starting against the Steelers. So, um, right. you know, he didn't – he assumed that it was because of the ankle – not because of the shoulder. So, again, the timeline on this whole situation is a little fuzzy to me. Right. Daryl, let's go back and talk about these backups then. Why do you think that they went to DTR instead of P.J. Walker, who had filled in and went 2-2 two and two in the other games that Deshaun wasn't available? Did you watch what P.J. Walker did in those games? <laughs> I, I, I know the outcome, though, and I'm just – I don't understand why you didn't give him a second chance <laughs> just, I'm, after I'm, the I'm, Baltimore I'm, game. You coach the kid up, don't you? Uh, because uh, he had three, four games to prepare, and he was terrible. That's why. So, whereas DTR, he was thrown in two and a half hours before kickoff and had no time to prepare. So, and they also have a draft pick invested in them. Let's not forget that little chestnut in this uh, mix. So, it makes sense that they went with DTR. 
Daryl, we heard the interview with DTR earlier today. Said all the right things. Browns are great at winning press conferences, but will it translate <laughs> to the field? Daddy. No, no, no. Yeah, they are. Hey, no, no, Daryl, no, you're no, right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong. The only the, the the only press conference that they no two of them the the two press conferences they lost was the Mike Holmgren don't call me for playoff tickets after Colt McCoy concussion <laughs> situation. Yeah. And then uh, the press conference where a reporter quoted a comment from a viewer on Facebook asked uh, Jimmy Haslam if the Three Stooges were running the Cleveland Browns. Those are the two press wow. con- Those are the two L's the Browns have ever taken in press conferences. Actually, a third. Carmen policy oh. after Bottlegate. These yes. bottles don't pack much of a wallop. So <laughs> I like- was there for that one. And it looked like both uh, he and the, the late Al Lerner were walloped, if you know what I mean, when they were uh, yeah, so you know, doing that press yeah, conference. So they're like 872-3 and three in press conferences okay. since 1999. So, <laughs> so what do we make of him sounding more confident, getting the first-team snaps, getting a second chance uh, against, hey, first team was a tough team, division team, right? And Ravens, good defense. Maybe an even better defense uh, in the Steelers this week. Yeah, you know, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I, I have to take it with a grain of salt. I, look, I, here, here's why I can tell you what I saw, right? Yesterday was not impressed with what I saw in practice. Um, throws not exactly accurate. And these are throws on air. There's no defense. You know, receivers are having to stop their routes to catch, wait for footballs to get there. Guys were reaching behind and low and up high to catch balls. Um, but then today in practice, much different player. Um, not a lot of reaching for uh, receivers. Footballs were not on the ground today. So uh, just from one day to the next, night and day improvement, which is what he uh, said and told us today about what we can expect for his performance uh, going forward. He feels like because he's actually uh, had time to prepare um, that he's going to look like he's actually prepared for the game. So, you know, we'll see. But just in such a short amount of time, 24 hours, even in practice during the individual portions, he's shown improvement. He says he's not going to approach this game wide-eyed anymore, and he was going to look back at some of the film when he played at UCLA. Do you think it would be a good idea for maybe Stefanski to look at some of that film too and figure out what this kid can do well? Well, the reason they drafted him was because he has uh, a strong arm, and also, too, because he uh, has some of the qualities that Deshaun has as far as his mobility and things like that. So they, I, I think Kevin Stefanski's got a pretty good idea what this kid can and cannot do. And again, um, there was no time, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and that's their fault against the Ravens. Like they, they just assumed that Deshaun was going to play. And that was an organizational and coaching failure that they didn't come up with a plan B in the event. Okay, well, if Deshaun can't go, this is what we're going to do um, for, for, from a game plan standpoint. So uh, this time around, now I don't feel like that there's a lot that Kevin has to change or whatever because they go into the week knowing what they know uh, as far as, uh, you know, DTR goes, and they can prepare the game plan accordingly so i i'm not real concerned about that aspect this time around but again there's no question first time around against baltimore they really failed in assuming 
uh, or I should say by assuming that Watson was going to be able to start just because he kept telling them he was going to um, and ultimately was unable to. Daryl, when you're at this level and you're an NFL quarterback, whether you're a backup or not, you should be able to make pretty much all the throws. Uh, We keep hearing the fact that he had a really strong arm, but we go back to what we saw during the preseason, and he's a scrambling quarterback for the most part. Uh, if, if you're going to do that and, and you're going to put him in as your starter, and let's face it, we don't have another recourse because we didn't make a trade at the trade deadline, bring back a proven veteran, and I don't consider, and like you don't either, P.J. Walker, a proven veteran, but you needed somebody to start those games. Okay, we get that. What do you expect Sunday? More Wildcat? We saw Wildcat with Deshaun Watson, uh, shorter passing game. What do you think the Browns, how do they attack this Steeler defense? Um, I honestly am not sure what to expect. I am curious as to uh, what the approach is going to be. I can tell you what I would do if I was Kevin Stanley. Uh, I would run a ton of screens. I would run a ton of slants. I would run a ton of quick outs in the passing game. Uh, and, and to DTR's credit today, he did speak about, Hey, I, I know I got to get the ball out quick, especially with this defense with high Smith right. and Watt and that, you know, Steeler front there. He knows he has to get rid of the ball fast. He, so uh, that being said, he's got to get rid of the ball fast. And that's how you do it is you set up those designed plays to allow him to do that. And then obviously you're hoping that your running game is efficient enough to where they are able to help him uh, by, you know, keeping the Steelers on it. You know what I'm saying? And not allowing them just to go ahead and stack the box or pin their ears back and rush the quarterback. Daryl, has Stefanski's offense been consistent no matter who they play? Because it seems as though week to week, and I know you game plan differently for a different opponent, but uh, we saw a lot of screen passes a couple of weeks ago. Last week, not so much, maybe because you're playing from behind. But, I mean, if if he really wants to attack or be a high-flying, I I don't know what to expect from Stefanski's offense is what I'm saying. Or is it based on who they're playing that given week? Well, I'm I'm not really going to criticize Kevin because I – I mean, he's had one good year with a quarterback, and that was Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rest of it has been – like, he made Jacoby Brissett look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. So, um, I I think Kevin does a pretty good job. I, honestly, I don't think Kevin gets the respect that he deserves for the job that he does. Um, you know, so, you know, they were able to win two games with P.J. Walker. And P.J. Walker is not good. I mean, DCR yeah. and P.J. Walker have combined 52 completion percentage, eight interceptions, one touchdown. Like, I, 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 think, I think Kevin does a really good job. Uh, that, that's just me, and that's why I don't. I think uh, he does, yeah. too. I think situationally at times he's challenged because he yeah, takes too much Yeah, but every coach is. Every coach. Yeah, especially if you're calling your own plays and you don't focus on the game as much. That's the Uh, only – if you want anything to draw back on, that would be the only thing. Third and two, you threw the ball. That's what we're going to – you know, woe is me. The sky is falling because we didn't convert. But you didn't get into that situation to begin with. We wouldn't have to be talking about that either. You understand where I'm coming from? And and I don't disagree with you. Uh, But they convert that three and three, third and three, and they win in Seattle. He's a genius. What a gutsy – you know what I mean? Like – Yes. You're, you're a you're a byproduct of the results, you know. Your your success yep. or failure 
based on the results. You know what I'm saying? And again, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't agree with every call that Kevin makes. And, uh, but I don't think that that makes him, you know, a, a bad coach. He put too much on PJ Walker's plate. He expected a player, uh, that probably isn't capable of making that many plays to make one extra play. Um, and, and that's a valid criticism, but okay. I still feel like he has done a really, really good job considering the hands that he has been dealt since taking this team over. Um, I, I, again, I realize fans aren't always happy with the results, but um, I, I, I've covered a lot of coaches that have come through Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin's really good at his job. Hey, a lot of fans weren't happy with the job that Deshaun Watson was doing either, right? Well, yeah. I mean, again, it, it you know, he, Kevin can't go out and throw the football. Kevin can't go out mm-hmm. and run. Kevin can't block. You know, it's it just he it, his success is uh, you know validated by the execution on the field. And if guys don't do what they're supposed to do, he's an idiot. If guys go out and do what they're supposed to do, well, good job by them and. You know, we'll we'll critique Kevin next week. That, that's you know how fans always view that stuff. Daryl, how do they win on Sunday? Uh, I look. I I think that this is a very winnable game. They should have won in Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's the worst six and three football team I've ever seen. Um, I agree. But uh, you know, they are. I think they're six and zero in one score games this year. The Steelers are, which is uh, an incredible incredible statistic. Uh, look, I, I think the, for the Browns to win, no turnovers allowed. Cannot turn the football over. If they turn the ball over, they're, they're in trouble. That's number one. Number two, I, it's what I said earlier about the quick passing attack, and they got to have success on, uh, on the ground because the way you neutralize guys like Highsmith and T.J. Watt is the quarterback doesn't have the ball in his hands when they get there. The problem is those guys get there very quickly. So – that, that to me is, you know, how the Browns are going to win this game. But Pittsburgh, uh, I mean, the, the, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter because it seems like every Steeler game comes down to the fourth quarter, no matter who Pittsburgh plays. And Pittsburgh always seems to make just enough plays in the final five minutes, you know, to pull out those games. And so uh, it's going to be incumbent upon the Browns not to give the Steelers any extra opportunities and, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of uh, the aggressiveness of that Steeler front with those quick passes, and maybe you get somebody in space. And you know, I, I just don't think throwing it down the field forty yards consistently against the Steelers is going to beat them. That just isn't going to happen. So uh, the Browns have to be real deliberate, real consistent uh, in their offensive approach. And if they are, I, I think Cleveland's got a very, very good chance of winning. But if they turn the ball over, like DTR did against the Ravens, Steelers will win the game. Daryl, possibly first team to 10 points wins? No. Well, I, I joked on my podcast this week, first to three wins. We might have our uh, our first 3-2 win uh, game of the season at this point. Like, I mean, I, I think I saw the over-under, Kenny. It was like 32, something like that, right. um, which that's really, really low. But I, I But here's the thing. Every time I think it's a low-scoring game, it's going to be, uh, you know, it turns into a high-scoring game. I thought last week's game of Baltimore was going to be low-scoring, and, yeah. you know, that didn't turn out to be the case. 
I thought the Colts game was going to be low scoring. And that was a 39-38 game. So, I don't know. Maybe we end up with a shootout on Sunday. Strange things tend to happen. But um, just looking at these two teams and where they are, yeah, I, I'll say, Kenny, I think the first team to 13 points wins okay. the game. <laughs> Fair enough, Daryl. Fair enough. Hey, great stuff all week long covering this, and we appreciate the time you always make for us here on the Kenny and JT Show. You bet, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the game. Talk to you next week.